Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. On today's show. We've got two Hornets weekend games and we're going to preview both of them, the Magic and the Pelicans. Plus, how active do we think the Hornets will be this offseason? We got a listener question. We love the listener questions and we love talking more Hornets talk before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. It's Friday. It's a it's a hashtag fun Friday show. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. We made it. We made it, Doug. Another week in the books, and and there was some basketball, and there's more basketball to come. There's still more basketball. Well, to be well both professional and college basketball. March Madness uh, course, heating up. Duke, UNC tonight, but also, uh, you know, Magic Hornets tonight. <laughs> Don't forget about that. Uh, you know, it's fun. It's a fun Friday show, but the Hornets have a back-to-back home games Friday and Saturday, and we're giving tickets away to that game on Saturday. It's a giveaway game against the Pelicans. Get your MKG starter action figure. First seventy-five hundred fans get a hold of that. If you want uh, two free tickets to the game, visit our Instagram page, Instagram.com/slash Locked On Hornets. And or that's how people access it, right? The web? No, go on your phone. We're at Locked on Hornets. And uh, there's a post, our latest post. Uh, follow us, like that post, and you'll be entered to win those two tickets. Hey, David, I watched – it's the first time I've done this in a, in a long time, David. I used to do this all the time in college. Watch the ESPN afternoon opinion rock block of PTI oh. and Around the Horn. It's the first time yeah. I've done this in a very long time. I don't watch – I don't know about you, but I don't watch much ESPN anymore. No, no. Did it take you back? Did it put you right back in your undergrad mode? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the same players are there. I mean, you know, Will Bond, mm-hmm. Kornheiser. I listen to Kornheiser's podcast now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Reality's still hosting Around the Horn. But everyone right. looks just a little different, a little older – Maybe not wiser, but a little older. <laughs> Woody's certainly not wiser. Anyway, but so I watched this for the first time in a, in a long time, and what do I see? The Dion Waiters three-point shot on both shows. The three-point shot against the Hornets. I'm like, yeah, this is why I don't. This is why I can't do this anymore to myself. That's it. That's all you're going to see. It's going to replay in your mind over and over and over and over again. That's that's what I was thinking about. I, I, I did a little Twitter uh, I did some fast twitting. Twi- fast twitting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tell me more. I put out several. I put out several consecutive tweets yesterday morning. It felt mm-hmm. good. I was doing a little little Hornets thinking on Twitter, and I think it was just I because like I kept seeing. Yeah, I kept seeing Dion Waiters and his double clutch three pointer to steal the game. I mean, am I, why didn't it bank in? That's the only thing it was missing—a bank shot, or maybe if he would have thrown it over his head backwards. It was such an awkward shot, and yet it went through 
like liquid. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, hey, I also watched San Antonio take on the Thunder. It was the the rare Western Conference national TV game that was played at a decent East Coast time. Did you? I don't know if you saw any of this game, David, but maybe on Twitter, did you catch Greg Popovich's reaction to his team's defense after the first quarter? No. Well, here's well, here's David Aldridge interviewing Pop after the first quarter. Take a listen. How was your team's defense in the first quarter? <laughs> <laughs> if you missed, I love it. if you missed Pop's response there, it was. <laughs> That's how I feel about this whole Hornet season, David. I feel like. That's it. How 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 has the team played in the fourth quarter this year? <laughs> what are, what do the prospects look like for the off season with all of these contracts? <laughs> There you go. Let, let me try. Let me try. Let go, me try. Go, go for it. Yeah. Uh, um, 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 how did the bench perform this season? <laughs> how's that? How's that Roy Hibbert uh, edition go? <laughs> I like it. I like that. I like that. Uh, all right. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. One more reminder follow us on Instagram at Locked On Hornets and like our latest post and get a chance to go to Hornets Pelicans on Saturday night, courtesy of Locked On Hornets. Now, before we talk about the Pelicans, though, we've got to talk about this game tonight against the Orlando Magic, tip set for 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, let's catch people up on the Magic. The Magic made some mistakes in the offseason, bringing in Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo to pair with uh, Nick Vucevic, uh, but that, has, that did not work out for the Magic, and they eventually made peace with their fate at the trade deadline by moving Serge Ibaka to the Toronto Raptors in exchange for Terrence Ross. And uh, now, David, they are playing for pride, but you can't underestimate pride since coming back from the break, the Magic have beaten the Atlanta Hawks, they've beaten the Miami Heat, and they have beaten the Chicago Bulls. So they've taken some bad losses to the Knicks and Pistons as well. Uh, But this team is trying to find out how to win again and you know who's going to stay and who's going to go come this next offseason when Hennigan is going to have some decisions in front of him. So the Hornets should not expect an Orlando Magic team that's going to lay down. No, and you can't forget about DJ Augustine either, Doug. If you were wondering where he was, he's in Orlando. He's uh, he's just popping up at, at different teams, waiting <laughs> waiting for his moment to strike uh, and the you Charlotte know franchise. Means. He gets at least one three in this game, right? Over under at one and a half. What do you got? Oh, over. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Orlando's an interesting team. I mean, this is talk about an interesting uh, off season into season. It's like, what are they doing? You think they figured it out yet? I mean, clearly they 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 pulled the ripcord on on uh, on the surge and you know went ahead with Biz and now they have Terrence Ross and it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think they are the token team, uh, the the team that you would use as caution for building through the draft because, you know, time after time they found themselves uh, losing during the regular season to get those prime uh, draft spots, and they built these young players with a lot with high ceilings, like you know, like Aaron Gordon, and uh, you know now Alfred Payton, who is playing well, got his first triple double of his career against the Bulls, um, uh, but then also Oladipo, who's now in Oklahoma City, and 
they they never they never brought in veteran leadership to help those guys until this season but it felt like by then none of these young players really knew what their role was or or how to win ball games and so you bring these veterans in and then you you know triple down on your big man situation and uh yeah it's it's tough i mean you only that's the thing it's like you you know you only get one or two chances. You, you your window is very small in the NBA. You only get one or two off seasons to really make some decisions and move your team forward. And if you fail, it can set your team back for a decade. Yeah, they really have no direction. And you mentioned those trades. I mean, those are bizarre too. You can do what you want in the draft. It's just really weird to bring in Biz and Surge. And obviously, they they felt the same way. So. I mean, I like Vogel. Um, I can't believe he must be just, you know, looking around. At least he's in Orlando and there's nice weather there, I guess, Florida. Well, you know, he's got, listen, they've got young talent. Uh, and our man, uh, Zach Oliver, over at the SB Nation blog on the Orlando Magic com says that those young players have been, and Frank Vogel, have been encouraged uh, to up the pace. And it's been key to some of these wins that they've gotten since uh, the All-Star break. The Magic are playing looser, they're playing more up-tempo, and Alfred Payton is a big part of that. He's leading the break, and guys like Evan Fournier and new acquisition Terrence Ross and high flyer Aaron Gordon are helping to finish some of these rim runs. And so the Hornets are going to have to do, this is my key to the game, Hornets are going to have to do a better job than they did on Wednesday of containing guards at the point of attack and not turning the ball over late or the Magic could run them out of their own gym. I think that's something we forgot to mention, by the way, when we were talking about the bench and their struggles uh, in in that game against Miami, is that late in the game, a lot of it was turnovers. I mean, it's hard to play defense when you're making mistakes. Jeremy Lamb had a few. When you're making mistakes and turning the ball over, especially above the free throw line, then you're going to give that uh, you're going to give the other team a really great opportunity to score in transition. And they did that against Miami, and it really hurt them. So the Magic love to run. The Hornets better be on their transition defense game in this one. Yeah, and the Hornets, of course, struggle with fast break points. Not one of their strengths. Magic are twelve and twenty on the road this season, Doug. So the Hornets will be yeah, happy good. to get back. Yeah, happy to get back home. You know, I mean, it's a game the Hornets should probably win. Um, they may be up by a couple points going into the fourth quarter, and uh, we'll see what happens. Here's what the game is going. I, Sorry, I, I can I can break <laughs> this down for you very clearly, David. This is this game's going to come down to which team actually shows up in the fourth quarter both which team in terms of orlando and charlotte and then which team in terms of charlotte exactly because we've seen them in the past three games two of those they've played really well in the fourth quarter and uh sustained leads and then against miami uh that 19th game where they've given up a fourth quarter lead and orlando has been as bad in the fourth quarter as the Hornets have been this season they give up a lot of leads in fact they are dead last in fourth quarter offensive rating over the last 10 games the only team under 100 the Hornets aren't much better they are 25th so you know this not not great not great offense in the fourth quarter for either of these teams it's going to be which team wants to score the ball the most in that fourth quarter I think this I think this one's going to be close um, yeah, that's a good bet. Most of these Hornets games are, are close, right? Um, they have to win. Oh, look, uh, 
we're here again. They have to win these games at home. Um, we'll get to the New Orleans game in a sec, but certainly they need all the wins they can get at this point. They also need some help, but they, you know, have to win. Oddly enough, you know, the division record. Where, where, where are the Hornets? Let's, let's look at that division record right now. Well, now it would be six and three after the loss to Miami. All right. Okay. So we're playing a division game. There we go. Uh, a couple of injuries for Orlando as well. Uh, Nikola, I mentioned Vucevic early in this. He's questionable. He's missed the last three games. Also, uh, sharpshooter Jody Meeks, who was playing well before getting injured, but he has not played since January 28th. He's questionable for this game as well. So they could be getting a little bit of shooting back in uh, Jody Meeks and a little bit of uh, a little bit of scoring punch maybe off the bench in Vucevic. But they'll probably go with Bismack Biombo at center, uh, regardless. Um, all right, yeah, let's talk about the Pelicans. So uh, the Pelicans, they have not. I, I, I think people expected the addition of Demarcus Cousins to suddenly turn around the New Orleans oh, Pelicans think? season, but <laughs> you think so? it, it has not. Uh, and and I don't know if I don't know if that's really on Demarcus Cousins. I think he's played well since uh, since joining the team. Uh, after the All-Star break, but uh, this team, you know, this Pelicans team has a lot of problems, both scoring and defending. So, you know, I don't think that one player was going to necessarily change that, especially when it's another big, you know, it's somebody that's going to play right alongside uh, Anthony Davis, and you've got to figure out how exactly that tandem's going to work. Uh, what do you see there in this Pelicans game coming up on Saturday? Very interesting, right? I mean, there was a lot of talk about them challenging the Warriors in the first round, which I found to be a little premature. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that sounded a, a tad bit insane to me, but well, okay, so the two big guys, right? That seems like a scary proposition for this Hornets team. Uh, two skilled big guys who who can give this team trouble on their own. Um, DeMarcus especially, man. I mean, he's just, he's just a handful. You think back to the last Kings game, uh, here in Charlotte, right? Uh, they went to him over and over and over and over again in the post, and the Hornets, I mean, could not do anything. It didn't matter. It didn't matter who was out there. They they could not stop him. Yeah, and I think you know it was it was it's always going to be interesting with the Pelicans because you've got a coach in Alvin Gentry who wants to play fast, and mm-hmm. then they add and and Anthony Davis can do that, but then they add Demarcus Cousins, and Demarcus Cousins is best on offense when the game slows down a little bit, and so. There's a lot of like trying to figure things out, and then Demarcus Cousins is barking at fans <laughs> during these not away good. games. So you know that's not watch going. To, that's not watch going out. to change. If you um, win these tickets, watch out. Look, Demar- um, yeah, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. So by the way, this is a home game for the Hornets. So if you're <laughs> one of those courtside fans, um, watch out. Yeah, don't uh, don't poke the beast. Hey Doug, like, don't you think? I mean, we're kind of you know taking jabs at some of the predictions after this trade, but I mean, that doesn't mean I, I don't think they can't figure it out. I mean, the talent there is crazy down low, so like they could get someone in there um, and figure this thing out moving forward. It's just tough, right? It's the All Star break, especially you know to turn around this whole ship and then to expect them to be able to give the Warriors or whomever uh, a run in the first round, right? But like, you certainly have to feel good about it going forward if you're a Pelicans fan, and the fact that they took a swing, you know, brought in uh, another guy to put beside Anthony Davis, who, you know, they've been trying to get another center, another big guy, right, that's legit to put next to him forever. So they had to do it. Uh, I guess we're getting a little bit into the trade breakdown. But, I mean, you got to be – do you even care right now this season if you're a Pelicans fan? 
No, probably not. I mean, I don't think that you're very interested in going <clears throat> in going to the playoffs in the Western Conference and getting throttled by Golden right. State, more so than you're just interested in watching these games and figuring out how DeMarcus Cousins is going to work. I mean, I think you're probably – I'm just looking at the two fan bases. I, I think you're pr- probably more excited as a Pelicans fan about the future than you are as a Hornets fan just yes. because you've got the, the two superstars <clears> – <throat> You know, yeah. you, it's, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they build that because you have to put when you go two bigs like that in a league that is trending small, it makes right. every decision in terms of personnel that you put around that team and how you stagger those players uh, in 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 Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins, how you stagger those guys with the bench. Every decision uh-huh. like that is going to matter for this team. I don't, and, and then you, like I said, the coach Alvin Gentry likes to play fast. This is, doesn't look like a fast roster. They may have to look at that going forward. Shooters, shooters, shooters. Right? You feel like if they can just fill off that roster of shooters around those guys. That, I mean, um, you would you would hope. And here's the thing: yeah. with it, just in this particular game coming up, Demarcus Cousins has had fun offensively and on the boards. Uh, he scored 30 plus and had 18 rebounds in that last game against the Kings. And Anthony Davis loves to hit, you know, clutch pick and roll uh, dunks on the Hornets in in crunch time. So loves it. Um, this could be this could be an interesting game as well. Uh, so and the Hornets will be on the second night. Of a back to back, so oh lord, uh, Doug, yeah. One one question for you, um, please. <laughs> you know, obviously these two guys went to Kentucky. MKG went to Kentucky. There's Kentucky guys littered everywhere uh, in the NBA these days. It's just a one and done factory. But who would you say above the you know among these one and done Cal Kentucky guys? I mean, who's been the most successful? Just so you between, got John Wall, yeah. You John got Wall. Davis, you got uh, Boogie. You well, they got, just—it's tough. They've all been. I mean, I, I guess I would just in terms of NBA success. I, I guess individual success probably. Oh, this is tough because I think I, I think know. individual I success know. you'd probably have to go Anthony Davis or Demarcus Cousins. Right. Team success right. you'd have to go John Wall. But that's yeah. saying but it's something. Not, it's not, you know, it, it's not. They've all been putting very success. difficult situations. Right, right. They're they're all being high draft picks, so they're by definition, you know, ninety nine percent of the time they're being picked by teams that aren't that good. But uh, and look, Anthony Davis, they haven't done a great job of building around him there. But it's it's just interesting to see that all these guys coming out quickly, um, and and the and the it has not translated into NBA success at a team level, certainly not all their fault. Right. But it's just something to look at, you know, it's, it's, they haven't been able to translate that, um, into the same type of success they had at Kentucky. I mean, <laughs> that's not easy. Um, but, but if you look back and think about it, you know, you try and find some of these guys, even in, even in the playoffs or the finals, right. Um, even if it's role players, I'm just, I'm struggling to think of, you know, some of these Kentucky guys, this is not a shot at Kentucky or anything. It's just, they're everywhere and we're in March madness. So it's something to, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah, and I'm just looking. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins had an all-NBA recognition in 2016. Right. And then Davis had it in 2015 but didn't get it last year. Has an NBA all-defense second team in 2015. And he was, of course, the NBA All-Star Game MVP this season. But what does sure. that mean? Um, and he's a four-time NBA All-Star, so he's been he's been in the All-Star Game four times. I, I'm sure Cousins has been up there four or five times. So. Talent unquestionable. I mean, look. But success, yeah, success, right. 
Yeah, I mean, a little, a little lacking. All right, uh, we're going to end the show with a listener question from Patrick. This is an interesting one, David. How active are you expecting the Hornets to be this offseason? I think they have to be active. I mean, do I expect them? I, who, who knows? I, I'm, I'm done predicting what this team is going to do, Doug. You can't. Think, no, you can't fence right. How active are they going to be? <laughs> I, I think they're going to be active because of the of the struggles. Um, I, now, they're hamstrung, though. I mean, they're limited in some of the things they do. They do have the mid-level exception, which they can use. They've, of course, got the draft, um, and trading is always a possibility. But this was part of my Twitter. I don't want to call it a rant yesterday, but it was part of my Twitter uh, you know, diatribe. Um you know, what do they need to do? I think they still need to add a shot maker. They definitely need to address the backup point guard situation at some point, I think. Um, if they can, you know, get a combo guard to put beside Kemba with one of these moves, draft, free agency, mid-level, signing, something like that, that would be good. But, I mean, you look at this team right now, healthy. I think they're, you know, a playoff team. When everything goes right, when everything goes wrong, like you're seeing now, it's a struggle to even finish games out. So um, I expect them to make some moves. Yeah, they've got to. So you you hit the nail on the head, though, David. They are going to be hamstrung because they, mm-hmm. they have $110 million already, not locked up, but they have it committed. And they have uh, team options for Ramon Sessions, who is at $6.2 million dollars. And you feel like they may not exercise that and look to address that backup point guard position somewhere else. And then Christian Wood has a team option for a million. So that's 7.2, around 7.3 that they could knock off the books. Um, So, but then they'll still be, I think that still puts them slightly over the cap that's been set for next year because I think it's set for around $103 million. But I'll need to double, double check those numbers. Um, but they're going to be at or near the cap, so they're not going to be able to make a free agent signing. But the draft is interesting because I think they have a couple of directions that they could go if they're, you know, say they they don't make the playoffs and they land in that 10 to 14 range and where it's like there's probably a huge drop-off in this draft after around 10 or 11. So, because this is a deep draft, but it's still a lot of a lot of question marks after, you know, probably after the first eight or nine guys. So, if if they do land in that no-man's land, they could look to trade back and try to dump one of these salaries, whether it be a, you know, the try to get out of the Miles Plumley deal that's twelve and a half million next season and twelve and a half million for the next two seasons after that, or maybe you try to free up uh, seven million from Lamb or six million from Marco Bellinelli. Like they could try to move one of these deals to free up a little space to look at, uh, you know, maybe adding an extra shooter or adding a backup point guard. But certainly they've got some things to address, but. Yeah. They may have to just hope that those things are addressed by the players on the current roster. Because the the thing is, the Lamb deal is very cheap. The Bellinelli deal is very cheap. And players are still going to be out there looking for money. So if even if they do want to address things in free agency, David, they're going to have to wait. They're going, yeah. to, they're going to have to pick up thirds and fourths. Not, they're not going to be first at the table on some of well, these players. Yeah, I just think they've got to figure something out. Like you said, like they've got to pick up the phone. They've got to be working things. And they've got to be prepared on draft night, too, Doug. I mean, if there's ever been an important draft, 
considering how limited they are and the other moves they can make, they need to be able to add a piece in this draft, I think. Or, or you know, whether that's packaging or bringing something back. Yeah, maybe, maybe add a piece, but they're not going to find the backup point guard in this draft unless they, unless they move up into the top five and, you know, give away two years worth of draft picks following. Right. Like, you know, that's the only thing that gets you in. They don't have a player. They don't have a DeMarcus Cousins or, you know, a Jimmy Butler is probably a more apt um, player to use here. But they don't have that player to to float and say, hey, we'll give you Jimmy Butler if you toss us that five pick and and we'll give you our pick as well. No, that's that's not going to happen. So, Mm. you know. And they they, also don't have their second round pick this year. Yeah. And you can't can't believe – that they would find a backup point guard in this draft and then play him. I mean, that doesn't seem like a very Cliffordian thing to do. And maybe not necessarily – maybe you don't have to get the backup point guard there, right? But I think you've got to identify, if you can, with all the talent coming out of this draft, somebody that you think that can at least give you some minutes next year and that hopefully, you know – you can build or not build around, but is a piece that you can add, a legitimate piece that you can add that can play. So here's my I answer. Mean, here's my answer to Patrick's question: Do I expect the Hornets to be active in the off season? No, because <laughs> because they're cash strapped. But but do I expect them to be creative? Yes, I, I think they will find some creative ways to either remove contracts off the books or. But I don't. Ex- I, look, I expect them. Whatever moves they make in the off season are going to be about winning next season. It's yeah. not. I don't think. I don't expect them to make moves to shed uh, contracts and and get worse next season. I still. I no. still. I still think that this organization, um, Rich Cho, Steve Clifford, MJ, feel like they have. The pieces to succeed. There were some, you know, players that didn't play up to the level that they should have, and there right. were injuries that happened this season. But I still feel like they believe that they've got a team that can be successful, and they're they're going to ride some of these contracts out and look more towards the long term than the short term. Yeah, but yeah, so I don't think it's like a total rebuild, and it's not a a, a a burn it down either, right? Like you can, I I just think you can find a shot maker, and you can find a backup point guard. I mean, with those two pieces, right? I mean, there's going to be some veteran guys out there. You'd like it to be a guy that they could have for multiple seasons, but even if it's a guy like a Jeremy Lin, um, who's here for one season or two seasons or whatever, I mean, there's going to be some guys out there, veteran guys who can be your backup point guard. I think. Here's what I would like to see. I would like to see them not go out and make another Roy Hibbert type bet on a veteran on a really down year and you're expecting him to come into this organization and play much better or reclaim some glory. I think, look, you've got the veterans on this team now. You've got the core of this team. And if you want to bet on those guys, fine. But then when you go in and bring free agents, how about bringing some young guys that are hungry, that have uh, that have ceilings? You're still going to going to be making bets on them because they they will be unproven. But get some guys with something to prove, with something that, that they've got a lot left physically. That's right. what I want to see. 
So I hope they're active in that way. And that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> How was that for an answer? Whew. I feel good. I feel ready to, to attack this Friday with everything I have. By the way, real quick before we go, I had the I had one of the best meals I've had in Charlotte, North Carolina since moving here some Whoa. two and a half years ago. Are you ready Whoa. for this? Yes. I'm gonna give a, a pub here. This was not this is not a paid advertisement. This is just I went and had a great meal at a place called Valhalla in mm. uh what do they call that? The French Quarter mm-hmm. here in Uptown. And uh Lada, Lada Arcade. Lada Arcade. Lada Arcade, thank you. Yep. So I went there last night and they 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 do this break these breakfast plates now all Say day. No more. Except Say at no lunchtime. More. And but it's it, so it's what it is, it's like a British pub. And they do these breakfast plates and it's it was fried potatoes, bangers, which are English Check. sausages, uh, bacon. Uh, how Check. about some grilled ham? Check. How about some grilled onions? Then okay. I'm not done, David. They toss two fried eggs on top of that. Yep. And then some toast. Good Lord. Did you wash that down with a Guinness? No. I had a Golden Boy. Mm. One of the <laughs> local, local uh. brew. That's all right. Keep it local. Well, it was local and it was low ABV because I still had some research to do for this show. <laughs> oh, well. Hashtag Fun Friday <laughs> Show. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for listening to us this week. We're going to be back all next week with more coverage of your Charlotte Hornets, the best coverage of the Charlotte Hornets you can find anywhere. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. Go on Instagram, follow us at Locked On Hornets, and like our latest post for a chance to win two tickets to Saturday's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts like Patrick. Be like Patrick. And shoot us those questions to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again on Monday with a recap of this weekend's action. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the magic. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17